0: What's up, and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. I am your host, Greg. I am here with Ryan tonight. Ryan, how
1: are you doing? I am not too bad watching some likely playoff teams play hockey, so I guess I feel a little bit better about life.
0: Oh, you're watching hockey teams play hockey.
1: Yeah, that's actually the better word to use, is actual hockey teams.
0: Yeah, well, we know that the Red Wings, are they are a hockey team in the fact that they play hockey. They just don't play it very well. But tonight... Yeah, it's it's an extreme understatement. But tonight we have a couple things we're going to go over. We haven't done a, a show in a little over a week, but so we are back. We are going to go a little bit over how bad exactly the Red Wings have been in the month of February and the beginning of March here. We're going to talk a little bit about Philip Zadina, and then we are going to talk about the late, great Ted Lindsey, uh, who unfortunately passed away last week. So I think we'll start, uh, let's let's save that for the end, and I think we'll start with the Red Wings' performance over the past almost month and a half now. So I think before we started this, we were going over the past 10, but Ryan, you've got an interesting interesting stat here pulled up.
1: Yeah, it's not good, Bob. Uh, Wings, since the, February 1st, they started with two fantastic wins, and that's also sarcasm, one against Toronto, one against Ottawa. Since that point, there's been 18 games played since the uh, first of February. They have won a whopping five of those. Two of them actually against some teams that are likely going to be making the playoffs in Toronto, Nashville. Nashville. But other than that, it has been a shit show, and that's really the simplest and nicest way I can put it.
0: Yeah, in the past 10 alone uh, since the 17th of February, they are one and nine. That only win coming. Any shootout uh, against the Rangers. So we've lost the Flyers, the Blackhawks, the Wild, the Sharks, the Canadians, the Coyotes, the Avalanche, the Lightning, and the Panthers. That's a few playoff teams in there. Uh, actually, quite a few playoff teams in
1: there. It was a rough stretch, as we thought.
0: Yeah. And, and they're throwing my, again, throwing my record off because they weren't supposed to be bringing these games to overtime, but mm-hmm. I'm still on track, I think, for my 67 point prediction. So we'll see how that one pans out, but the Red Wings are looking absolutely awful, which was highlighted uh, by the game against the Panthers yesterday, where it was an absolutely abysmal effort by everyone on the ice minus Anthony Mantha and Philip Zadina.
1: I'm really glad I missed that game. I was driving home from Columbus, but I caught the tail end on the radio and it was just uh, that was even rough to listen to, even though I still listen to the end of the game.
0: I'm surprised Ken Cal didn't just like get up and leave the the box and all you hear is game sound and no commentating
1: on the radio. He probably should have.
0: Yeah, it it was really, I mean, really bad. and and by when i say only mantha and zadina were participants in that game only mantha and zadina were trying the thing is is, is zadina he's playing his ass off mm-hmm. granted mantha mantha has been playing very well since he came back from injury he's on the puck more he seems to have picked up his defense he's not floating as much as he would i wish he would lay the body a little more because he's a big guy but he's not that kind of guy but right. he's he's picked up his his style of play has changed a little bit and he's become more defensively responsible, which is great to see. Great to see. What it what do you what has stood out most to you in the past month and a half of hockey? <sighs>
1: Uh, it's it, if they don't have the role players and I shouldn't say role players the star players as considered for this team with like Mike Green being out and in, being injured and now Larkin being out injured it's it's just a bad team they don't have enough supporting cast to step up and try to make this a better overall team but there's still promise and hope because we love how, look at how Chalowski played at the start of the year. You could tell he kind of got worn down. That's why he's still in Grand Rapids, but they also aren't trying to throw too much at him because of the situation in the blue line. You look at how Zadina's played to your point, especially since he's been brought up, and I think that's one of the high points over the last 10. Actually, how, how many games? What's he at? Seven?
0: Seven, yeah.
1: Yeah. He's got two more. He, he has been one of the few guys, I think you can say, that's play, been playing a full 200-foot game. The first game, you could tell he was getting his feet wet. But since that point, he's just been freaking awesome to watch. And it sucks that he's going to be going down here soon. But when he comes back next season, as we all hope, God, that's going to be fucking great to watch, especially if they – I just would like to see him play top-line minutes. It would just be nice if Larkin was around to actually put those two together.
0: Yeah, he's right now. He's a minus four to no fault of his own. But in seven games, he has two points. He has been all over the place. He's mm-hmm. on the puck. He's back checking. He's hitting guys into the boards. The, the biggest problem I've seen is just he's they're in with people who can't get him the puck. He's playing with uh, Nielsen and Vanek right now, which is a a little better. But Nielsen and Vanek are not the fastest guys, and when you've got Zadina rushing in to get the puck who's gonna who's gonna give it to him when his line mates are 20 feet behind him it's it's not helpful whatsoever and i think if he was up on on the first line with Manta and Larkin Larkin feed him the puck all day and it'd be in the net his his goal was very reminiscent of ovechkin mm-hmm. and that's the, what you hope for yeah the speed the zone entry the setup the speed at which he released it and accuracy it's almost it was almost a ferk power shot with accuracy which is what you always hoped for could get
1: but never could and i mean granted it did have a small direction in front but when you put the puck where you need to in a shot like that that's what you hope for and he nailed it and he's been so far i think he's been pretty consistent on getting these types of shots off it's just once he got finally gets into that groove and gets a feel for what he's got going on out there and like you said to your point and what we talked about if he's with a guy like larkin rather than an Anthony Sioux Anthony center, I think he's going to be a much better off overall. Hell, I wish there was more like an Anthony Sioux helm and Zadina line just for the situation they're in right now because that means you can put Anthony Sioux on the wing, give them a little more freedom. And we've already seen so far that the touch and passing that Zadina can actually bring out there. So uh, there's a lot of elements at play. I think I hate, like what you mentioned, I hate watching him with Vanek and Nielsen because like it's like you said, he, they can't keep up, and it's not like he's flying necessarily. But you can tell that he seems to have gotten stronger in every single game, and he's got more confidence. But maybe the, not everyone's on the same page as he is when it comes to what he's trying to think through and actually use out there on the ice for in terms of scoring opportunities.
0: Zadina's really been the the high point of this team, it's even since Larkin's gone down. and What'd you say the the report earlier is Larkin's going to be out for what another five to seven?
1: Yeah, I think it was uh, Helene St. James' tweet said, at least five to seven days, they're getting another opinion on it. It's, what, his neck area? Neck and back, I thought. Yeah, because I remember w- the, the very last game that he played in, you know that really like fancy athletic tape? They had that actually on him, um, and you could see it coming up out of his uniform. So it's like the shoulder trap region. I don't know. Yeah. But-
0: I'm okay with shutting Larkin down because, you know, he's your most valuable player. Your team is next to nothing without him. So don't get him hurt. Plus, you're also helping your draft position if, if Larkin's not in the lineup. The other thing that was kind of disturbing was that Mike Green, he reactivated his virus which was a kind of scary thing to, to read. And I even put out on Twitter, like, where's my medical people? Can you reactivate a virus? And from what I gathered on the last game, not last game, two games ago, at the game against the Lightning is it's almost like a mono, which I, I don't know what's going on with Mike Green, but it was the, the virus before was something that was like attacking his liver, I believe it was, which is sounds crazy dangerous.
1: I don't know the details of it, but if it's mono-like and everything else, like... I mean, last time I had it, I think, was in high school, and it sucks. It's from sharing drinks with people. I mean, that's what you can go with. We'll say that. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm glad they did shut them down. I mean, I'm almost to the point, too, where I hope they do that with Larkin. Let these guys rest up. Let's see what happens in the off season and kind of go from there because it sucks, and it's obvious that without guys like that on the roster, they're struggling. They don't have playmakers. They have a lot of great guys that fit a role, but that's it.
0: Yeah, I think this draft is really going to help, which God help me if I have to keep talking to people on Facebook. I don't know how I do it.
1: I don't either, because I There are
0: people on Facebook suggesting we should drop out of the top three so Why? that we can pick a defenseman and Spencer Knight, who is a goalie. And I'm like, there's no top three worthy defenseman I mean, I don't even think a defenseman's gonna go in the top five. And there's Spencer one out Knight, there,
1: there that's yeah, the possibility to jumping jump in five.
0: I think they're saying Bowen Byram, but I that's think it. he's projected to go around eight.
1: Hmm.
0: But the other one is they're like, yeah, so get Bowen Byram and Spencer Knight, who of course, okay, a goalie. A one of the goalies in a while that's that was pro- that's projected to go in maybe the first round. But Car- he's not Hart projected F. to go into like the the mid to low 20s i just there's no if you land a top three pick as a team that's rebuilding like this you take it you take caco or you take hughes and you run with it and you don't trade out of the top because you would be so stupid to trade out of the top three in this draft
1: no there's no i mean last year i could i would have i could have bought into the fact that they could have traded down or done something i mean they were in a great spot and they landed, they had Zadina fell in their freaking laps, but if they have a top five pick, you don't trade out. I mean, yeah. they're, for where they're at, that's the farthest they can fall is five, right?
0: Uh, right now, if they are in second, on uh, last time I checked Tankathon, second. are they second from the bottom still or third? Do the Kings um, go below us?
1: They're still second.
0: Yeah, so they're second from the bottom, which means the lowest they can go right now is five, and that's if, if they get like if they get completely shafted and none of the bottom three people get a top three pick and that generally never happens. Maybe one will drop out, but well, I
1: just ran it and the team that's going to drop out is Detroit. So there you go.
0: Well, when I ran it earlier out of my 10 uh, runs, the wings were in the top three, eight times and they were number one, three times. Oh, I'm, so, over to
1: two. I'm sitting here just pushing the button. Be- oh, there we go. Third time's a charm. Number one.
0: Yeah, uh, my, worst, my worst nightmare was Minnesota was brought up 11 spots to number two.
1: Oh, my first one, Philly, went to two.
0: Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I just... If I'm the Sens right now, I'm trying to win as much as possible just to spite yeah. Colorado, but I don't... I mean, the Sens trying to win as much as possible, they might win three more games.
1: Yeah, they're not so, doing a very good job at that.
0: No. Uh, but what we want to talk a little bit more on is, is Philip Zadina and the impact that he's had on this team. And I think because of the line they're playing him on currently, like we said, with the two couple of, of slow vet guys that aren't really moving the puck to him, maybe as much as he should be. His biggest impact right now is on that second power play unit where he just finds that open ice and moves and shoots mm-hmm. and it's nuts.
1: Yeah. I forget which game it was. I think it was might've been the Rangers game. Actually, um, Ozzie in the post game, they were highlighting what he can do when he's, when he doesn't have the puck while in the power play. And you see him rotating from the top of the circle down to the bottom of the circle. And he's always, he brings himself in tight. He just goes with the entire flow of where the pucks at, but he's also anti- anticipating where he thinks it's going to go. And like t- like you just said, he's making room for himself. And then the shots that he's putting out, it does come to him. He wants the puck. And, oh, yeah. among, and all the young guys we're always talking about, and you hear Blaschel always going off about stuff, do guys want the puck? And he's made it clear that he wants the puck. He goes for the puck. A lot of the times he's actually winning those puck battles, and I think it's catching guys off guard. And, but he's doing what you want to see. Has he put the puck in the net as much as we would like so far? No, but I also don't care.
0: Yeah. I mean, he the thing – and hes I'm not expecting him to. Until they get him on a line with solid people, like I've said all year, we mm-hmm. maybe have a first line, half a second line, and then everyone else's bottom, third line, fourth line players. Oh, absolutely. And if you're playing him – yeah, if you're playing him with on, what on any t- other team would be a fourth line, you're not setting him up for success. Now, granted, his granted. time on ice, his time on ice has been – pretty good i i we said there was really no reason to play him unless he was going to get more than 15 minutes mm-hmm. right now what's he averaging 14 about 15
1: his average is literally it's literally just under it's fourteen fifty seven. but his high point which was his best game to date was against colorado he had just over 18 minutes to include time in o- ot with larkin no, no less and then, really, the first game that he dropped under 15 minutes was yesterday against Florida. Which, honestly, it's for how bad the game went. I'm glad he wasn't out there trying to get stupid and garbage time playing against lower rate lines and getting hurt.
0: Yeah. The other thing that that I noticed too is he's he when he does get the puck, he shoots. Yeah. He's a shoot first. Don't wait. Don't look for a fancy pass. Get the puck on the net. And that's what we don't have. Now, what mm-hmm. I would love to see them do is if they're not gonna put him on that first line, put him on a second line. If you want to keep Athena see you at center, which is another whole bag of worms I don't want to get into because I mean Athena see you, he just he he's not a center, he's not defensive enough to be a center. He is a of he's lazy on puck retrieval, he doesn't back check, he's not a center unless he can fix himself. The best situation right now is if we went in next season and Valeno is not on the say Valeno does not make the team as your 2C, mm-hmm. which from the comments Ken Holland made last I heard, Ken Holland said Valeno was two to three years away, which I think is bullshit personally. And everyone I talk to thinks it's bullshit, but it's Ken Holland. So who the fuck knows? <sighs> okay. The best second line I could think of right now, if you got his shit together would be Rasmussen, Athanasiou, Zadina.
1: That'd be fantastic.
0: Athanasiu can get the puck to Zadina. You park Rasmussen in front of the net, mm-hmm. who is your new Holmstrom. As long as, and, and people, I'll get to this in a second. As long as you can have Zadina get it toward the net, Rasmussen tips it in, that's a solid second line. That's a second line that if, if Athanasiu gets his shit together, can almost probably match your first line.
1: And the best part about that is too is that Rasmussen, from in front of the net to basically the hexagon behind the net, he's a fucking beast. Yeah, he, but you know my problem. Why are you putting Rasmussen
0: on a line with people that can't get it to the net? I
1: don't want to go there. I'm trying. I'm, I'm going to try to stay as positive as I can and not bitch about certain people, like Advocator playing yeah. hockey with him. So, but no, it makes no sense. Like I've hated part of me wishes they would have sent him back down to juniors to get that time with Grand Rapids at the end of the year, just to get him away from being buried on the fourth line for no fucking reason. Well, my whole problem with it
0: is that you, there are people online now saying Rasmussen's a bust. He's regressed. His season's been awful. He's so bad. Why did we waste a pick? But you, you have to, look at it the way that of the kind of player he is. He's a net front guy. Sure, he has a shot, but again, they're not giving him a puck in a shot area. So, you park him in front of the net, but he's on a line with Abdo, who applicator and Helm most of the time now.
1: Or De La Rose.
0: Or De La Rose. So, De La Rose, okay, responsible puck moving center, but cannot, he's not a shooting, play, he's not shooting the puck toward the net. Yeah. Abdulkader is fucking off in a corner somewhere 90% of the time, losing
1: doing nothing. The puck battle or dumping the puck down and turning it over.
0: Or losing fights or bullshitting people or whatever he's trying to do. And Rasmussen's sitting in front of the net, like, what the hell, guys? I'm trying to do stuff here. I want to score a goal. I want to be useful. But you're not putting him in a position to succeed. No. So he's not going to light up the score sheet if you're not getting the puck, if you're not putting the puck toward the net to where he's at. What do you expect him to do?
1: His his average time on ice is twelve fifteen. Yeah, yeah. His last couple he he had thirteen minutes over his, So his, here's his last five. He had last game was nine fifty seven. He had thirteen fourteen against Tampa. Then nine twenty four, nine thirty, nine seventeen.
0: Yeah, I just they're not, and maybe that'll change next season. I hope but, so. But as far as it's going now, like you're not. Sure, he's developing by playing against NHL talent, but he's not developing the way he should be because you're not putting him in position that he's best suited to play. No. Now, I, whose fault is that? That's Blaschel's fault, of course.
1: Yeah, it's but, the same way with Zadina and how it's been used, So how he was used so far.
0: But your lineup is so full of trash that what are you going to do, right?
1: Yeah, I with, mean, and we're working out. Like you said, we have, we're down to barely one full decent line.
0: Well, right now you're coaching for the tank, so I guess it really doesn't matter. Uh, but what we'll say right now is Philip Zadina, two points in seven games. What he score in his fourth game? He scored in his fourth game, uh, which is better. No, actually, was it his third game? No, fourth game.
1: No, it was third, I think.
0: Okay, he scored his third game. It took Kat uh, Katkaniemi 12 games to score. So <laughs> uh, right now we are in the, the lead. In the Zadina versus Kotkaniemi, two points in seven games. So I think that's that's pretty fair. I think yeah, we'll go with he's better. He's also playing with garbage, and and Katkuniemi really isn't. So that's what we'll <laughs> go with. Uh, we also now we discovered today that the Red Wings lead the league in Phillips per sixty. Yep, we have that. Philip Peronic and Philip Zadina, and in two years we could have three Phillips on the team if Larson makes the team. Ooh. So
1: that's really we will be, pump up the per 60. Rohan's science quote is uh, going to be coming more and more true by the year.
0: Yeah. If you can lead in per sixties, you're, you're a pretty good team in the league and we're Phillips per 60 and garbage per 60. We lead right now.
1: Yeah, so well, that second one, I don't really like too much.
0: No, but I, they, maybe they'll balance each, uh, each, each other out uh, here pretty shortly. Yeah. So, The last thing we want to talk about tonight is we want to talk about Ted Lindsay who passed away. Ted Lindsay was 93 years old, which that's, I mean, for you look at all these hockey players and they fucking live forever. A lot of them, they live forever or they die pretty young. So if you look at Lindsay, he, I mean, terrible Ted, but he was one of the most phenomenal people. You could not meet a nicer guy. And he just did so much for the the NHL, not specific for, but specifically for the players. Mm-hmm. And if you look around the league, every game, wherever you're watching from, if you're if you are watching an NHL game, your arena has Ted and the number seven on the boards.
1: That's fantastic. And, I think and, today was the last day for that, wasn't it?
0: Uh, I'm not sure, but I know that every. Every arena had it in there, and and if you didn't know and you haven't been listening to the coverage, which if you haven't, go back and look it up, but Ted Lindsay started the Players Association. He is the reason that all the players get treated equally, no matter what status player they are, whether you're McDavid or whether you're the worst player in the league, uh, Luke Witkowski. So <laughs> whether you're McDavid or Witkowski, you get treated under the same collective bargaining agreement you get treated the same in the locker room you are you have a group of guys around you that are fighting for the same thing and that was all started by lindsey so that Mm -hmm. owners and management could not screw over players
1: it almost screwed his career over oh yeah that's how he ended up leaving detroit and going to chicago because uh jack adams got pissed off at him for creating the players association 57 and then they trade him to the Blackhawks. And then when that, they finally got him back for one more year, but it just, it's just incredible to see what he's done. And the fact that he still holds so many top records for the wings, he's still number six in all time goals. He's number nine in assists on the team. He's number nine at all time in points for the, the wings. And there's not going to be a player for the Red Wings for a very long time to come anywhere near where he's at. And it's, The impact he's had since he's been back with the team, since his numbers got retired, I think, is when they started kind of – when Devolano came back and wanted to get older players more involved, like himself, Gordy, and uh, Delbecchio. And all the players that are currently on the roster that have been there for a couple of years now, like Advocator, Cronwall, Zetterberg, you can tell the impact that he made on them personally because he would always go out of his way to shake their hand or talk to them, talk hockey, talk life. And it's just, it sucks. It's part of life. It's, it still sucks.
0: Even Larkin. Uh, yeah. Larkin is now an ambassador for, for Ted Lindsay's foundation, which supports autism research. And Larkin just doesn't have enough, or like can't have any more really nice things to say about him. Larkin has said like everything. He was a mentor to all the guys. He was always in the locker room. They said he was actually always like there working out. Yeah. Zetterberg zetterberg said he's surprised when he walk at ted Lindsay's in the gym like in his 80s in mm-hmm. his late 70s and his 80s and that's that's insane
1: I remember but, I, Thompson did a whole thing on that or uh it was on red wings live i think it was or and he just does a full interview and they had video of him working out over the last couple of years it's just like damn if i'm even alive by that point i hope i'm even coming i'm halfway as i good a shape as he was yeah, I'll be happy if I can walk, let alone work out. <laughs> that's that's actually where I'm at, too.
0: The other thing that a couple other things that you learn about Ted Lindsay is he actually also started the tradition of skating the Stanley Cup around the ice.
1: Mm-hmm. On a table, He's, no less.
0: Yeah, he started he skated the table around because he said he was he was bringing the cup to the fans because the fans are what paid his salary. Mm hmm. And before, it would just be the guys would get around the cup. They they would lift it up. They take pictures with it. But he brought it around the rink, which the guys still do, which is pretty cool. And the other thing that he did was he he refused to go to his Hall of Fame acceptance yeah. or his Hall of Fame induction because at the time they did not allow spouses or significant others or to anything. the yeah to the Hall of Fame ceremony. And he said, "Well, if if she's not allowed to go, I'm not going."
1: And what's great is that the very next year they changed that policy to allow family.
0: Yeah. So maybe that's why they call him terrible Ted, because the,
1: he I mean, pissed the league off so many times.
0: Well, he pissed the league off so many times they're like, God damn it. Ted <laughs> Lindsay again with his bullshit. But uh, I mean, you really, you wouldn't meet a nicer guy than Ted. He went, he was at the arena constantly meeting the fans. he, He would stop. He wouldn't leave an event until everyone that wanted a picture got a picture. Everyone that wanted Mm -hmm. an autograph got an autograph. So I liked. uh, I was watching the broadcast when the Red Wings did their uh, their game, first game back home after he passed away, where they roped off his uh, manhole cover. Yep. And they put red carpet around it, and that was really cool. But I think we should take a second to point out. The douche nozzle Leafs fans and uh, who uh, and were they playing Vancouver that Vancouver
1: night? Vancouver and Leafs fans.
0: Yep. Vancouver fans and Leafs fans, and even the guy well meaning that yelled shut up during the moment of silence. Yeah. You can all kindly go fuck yourselves because put aside your petty little dick measuring <laughs> contest for two <laughs> seconds and pay respect to one of the greatest hockey players. Whoever live, you pieces of shit.
1: Yeah, that w- that was quite bothersome. And then uh, I think I saw it the first the first post I saw come across was from Steve Dangle. Oh yeah, he was not happy. No, go watch
0: his his uh, YouTube episode from that week.
1: Oh, is LFR, did he, he go oh. on that?
0: Oh, it's hilarious. He said oh. he was only going to take a minute to talk about it. He talked about it for like five minutes.
1: Ooh, I'm gonna have to find that one.
0: Yeah, so go watch. Uh, Steve Dangle's awesome. He yeah. he is a he should join Maple Leafs Anonymous because he's <laughs> a diehard Maple Leafs fan, and it's slowly killing him to the point of him screaming at a camera once a week.
1: So as long as he never has an aneurysm, but it's 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 fantastic to watch. If you don't watch him, you definitely got to, you guys should definitely go check it out.
0: Yeah, go watch Dangle's stuff. He's awesome. But yeah, we are we are deeply saddened by the loss of Ted Lindsay. But when one great player passes, other great players come up and take his place. So he will be missed, but his legacy will be carried on by the Red Wings.
1: Absolutely. Well, well said.
0: But I think that is our show for this week. We are happy to be back, minus a Tyler, but I'm sure he'll be back next week or whenever.
1: <laughs> Love you, Tyler.
0: Ryan, final thoughts.
1: How many many games do we have left? That's what that's what I'm curious for right now.
0: Fifteen or
1: fourteen. We're at next game is game seventy, so thirteen games.
0: Thirteen games left.
1: So we have thirteen games left. Almost every single one, Eh, about seventy-five percent of them appear to be against playoff teams or teams that are currently likely to make the playoffs. So if Larkin gets shut down, just burn it all down. <laughs> That's kind of where it's already at. So I guess my final thoughts are I'm going to try to remain positive and not get as angry. I've done a little bit better, so I'm going to bring in the woo size a little bit more. But it's probably not going to happen. I'm still going to bitch about somebody yeah. like advocator Erickson, so we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, we'll come back on fire next podcast.
1: <laughs> Probably. Well, we hopefully have some good shit to talk about for. Uh, oh yeah, we will tonight, But Twitter handle. Twitter handle rdryan33.
0: My final thoughts are: if I have to put up with stupid people yelling dumb opinions at me online anymore, you do this to yourself. I do it to myself, but it makes me realize people like to have opinions with no knowledge. And too. they like to claim, well, it's my opinion. And it can be your opinion, sure. But if someone brings up facts to you, you're still wrong. So don't be dumb online, please. Like I'm running a poll right now that says, would the Red Wings be a Stanley Cup contender if mm. Blash wasn't here? And there are six people who said yes.
1: They should be Granted, there.
0: Two hundred and. There are 260 something that said no, but there are six people who genuinely believe without Jeff Blashill, that the Red Wings would be a cup contender. Those so, six people should I'm,
1: be banned from the, the Facebook group.
0: Yeah. So my final thoughts is don't be an idiot. Please don't <laughs> be an idiot and stop complaining that we're losing because it's what we need to do to get a, a, a good draft pick this season. So don't be dumb. My Twitter handle is at bringing the wing though. I rarely use it anymore because I run at grindline pod. You can follow us online at Grindline Pod. That's our Twitter handle for the podcast. You can also find us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, on TuneIn, on Podbean, on Stitcher. I think the next one I'm going to get us on is a lot of people apparently use Radio.com. So oh. I think I'm going to get us on Radio.com. Okay. You, pretty soon you'll be able to find us absolutely everywhere you can find podcasts, which would be great. Uh, but yeah, that's I think that's our all we heat. have. What
1: about the merchandise plug? You forgot one.
0: Oh shit! Yeah, we have a Redbubble. <laughs> Redbubble's is a pretty cool thing where you can buy uh, designs that I have made. Uh, I've got a pretty cool one up right now that says Lark Week. Like shark, it's like the Shark Week logo, but it says Lark Week, and the bite that's normally like a shark bite is the end of the Red Wings logo, like the wing from the Red Wings logo.
1: It's, it's pretty sharp if you haven't seen it on on the podcast. Twitter. Yeah, and, it,
0: and it's over a seventy-one. And it's pretty sweet.
1: I still like uh, all, Joe, though.
0: Yeah, I've also got Kat, or I've also got Zadina greater than Katkiniyami, which is true now because he's on a better pace. So if you go to Redbubble.com and search the Grindline podcast, we will pop up and we will be there. You can also find a link to it on our Twitter. If you guys can go support us. There, we all the money from that goes towards running our podcast uh, account and distribution and getting it to all you guys. But yeah, go follow us, go subscribe nice. to us, tweet at us, talk to us. We'll probably be doing a mailbag here pretty soon. Uh, our puck went out for our giveaway, we'll be doing another giveaway pretty soon. Nice. But for me, Greg and Ryan, you stay Entirely. classy hockey town. Yeah, no, no, just me and you. For Greg <laughs> and Ryan, you stay classy hockey town.